0: Welcome
1: back to Doncast and Drive, the interview segment wise, of Lady Blurs Sings the Blues. The you have your so host here sometimes, B. V. Doncast Drive is basically a, play a play podcast play that is about artistic folk near and far, play and who we have here today is Embracing Oceans, a nice duo from the SoCal area, but honestly not really from the SoCal area because I know, I mostly know Sky from college. Uh, who's part of the duo, and um, and I get to meet her husband Eddie. Uh, so, what's up, guys? Hi. <laughs> hey. Yeah, Thank not for- really from SoCal, but definitely SoCal based. Yeah, definitely SoCal based. So, oh my gosh, I am happy. First of all, I no bias Eddie, but I'm so happy to see Sky because <laughs> Sky was like my best friend in college, and. She's been super there for me and I just feel so happy to just have her here on the pod. And, I, and I'm and i also happy to meet you, the man that she married. <laughs> I didn't really know uh, too much about you until I saw like the amazing colorful wedding. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, this shit's dope. Like,
2: surprise, we're getting married. <laughs> so how did you guys meet? Um, We met... I was performing with this group called Scarlet Falls, and he came in for, we were looking for a guitar player, and he came in and auditioned, and he, he claims that he fell in love instantly, but um, I was sweating from work, and super stinky, and there's no possible (laughs) chance that he fell in love at that moment, so it, it was months of, of performing together, and playing together, and then we, uh, it was a quick snowball, that's for
1: sure.
0: Yeah, you need to cut that stinky part. You, know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you probably thought that you smelt like strawberries and glitter and just everything, because, you know, Actually, I've seen some photo shoots with you in the Scarlet Balls group and you just were so diva out like with I the poofy up. like jacket. So yeah, I don't blame you, Eddie. If you look at her and I'm like, oh yeah, of course
0: I'm going to fall in love with her. She's beautiful.
1: <laughs> <laughs> What's your take, Eddie? <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, th- th- that's kind of what happened. Uh, first at a musical level, I guess. I think every musician has that dream of, you know, uh, having a partnership
2: mm-hmm. musically
0: because yeah because music is not just uh, it's not just a job right, right. it's kind of a lifestyle, a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. so if you can find somebody to to share something that is a huge part of what you do every day mm-hmm. uh, I think that I was not looking for that but it happened so I think that's uh, the beauty of the the, the story.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, they okay. They were very supportive and a great foundation for us to find each other. But for me, I certainly wasn't looking for a musical partner in any in any way, but professional. Mm-hmm. I
0: she I called had... me the next day. Uh, just just <laughs> for the record, you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I will. I'm taking notes. <laughs> where where to cut uh emphasize on she called me the next day even though she wanted a professional relationship got it all right (laughs)
0: you would be just like hey bye
2: I think I I was so traumatized from studying music in school that I just I had kind of gotten it in my head like my romantic partner i want far from music so i can come home and disconnect from it but yeah. um that was turning out to be probable for me and um uh when i found him the conversations that we would have just like it it, it was eye opening
1: yeah i i think it's i i haven't been on that dynamic yet, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. where I found a partner that it does music, um, and is willing to kind of share that with me. Um, but I'm also not actively searching for that, because I mean, for the record on this podcast, I'm dating a man that I'm one day gonna start a family with. So, right. <laughs> Uh, but he he used to do like a, he used to dabble in music a little bit but he wasn't like full-fledged with a music school like us or has right. done music like the entirety of our lives which um music i'm sure we all can relate here is the thing that keeps us very centered and keeps us very sane and if we didn't have it we don't know what would we would be doing you know right. to I mean, feel inspired and to keep moving
2: it's it's not like it doesn't come with our with challenges it's like learning right. Learning doing your homework with your parents and you get really (laughs) irritated and like it always ends in tears. It's like doing music with your partner can also
1: (laughs) end in tears. Oh, I bet because I bet there's a lot of ideas that go back and forth, and you're like, let's try this. No, we want to try this. Or we both try a thing and it just doesn't quite meld. Or there's there's the days that things do connect beautifully. And And then you're like, write it down. (laughs) disconnect in a personal aspect like
2: not taking it personally and being professional because it's kind of like a weird blend of your two worlds but Mm -hmm. it's been it's been it's been good we created an album so
1: yeah you guys have an album coming out uh which is why we're here today (laughs) (laughs) so uh let's actually kind of get into that so um the album is called, is it called Embracing Oceans, like your guys' name, or is it actually called It's called Dear
2: Dawn. Mm-hmm. It's um we're tributing the album to my auntie Dawn, who passed back in November to pancreatic cancer. Um, kind of took this year on a whirlwind, that's for sure. Like she was at my at our wedding last year. February, and um, diagnosed with pancreatic cancer about a month and a half after that.
1: Yikes!
2: And um, through the pandemic, it was really, really hard to spend time with her and see her. Pancreatic cancer is kind of almost a hundred percent. Um. Fatal. So yeah. uh, when we got, when she got the diagnosis, we, it was like, spend as much time as you can with her, see her as much as possible. So it was really hard to do that um, with masks on our face, not being able to hug her because her immune system is like compromised from right. chemo and all of this crazy stuff. But her husband, Neil, who I don't think Eddie married me for me. I think he really married me to become Neil's family because he, they're like soulmates and it's odd and lovely and beautiful. Um, It's this partnership that goes beyond him and I. (laughs) So he's, he's a, he's a pianist and, um, absolutely phenomenal and just, uh, Massive musical genius, and we wanted after our wedding we wanted to spend all this time with him. And Eddie wanted to like fix some of his vintage equipment and all the stuff. And it just kind of we the tape the tables turned when we found out about my amp. So it was we tried to spend as much time together all together through the year but unfortunately back in november she did pass. So we felt yeah, that sorry to hear that. we felt that this tributing the album to her would be um she would love. She she loved our music. She loves music and um she was always extremely supportive of what we do.
1: That's that's absolutely beautiful. I it's always nice to have um a nice tribute to family especially Mm -hmm. those who were influenced by you as vice versa you were influenced by her um and I think that's a beautiful way to remember somebody that you definitely cared about um so yeah kudos because I'm sure it's very emotional (laughs) It's Um, it's
2: been emotional for sure
1: yeah um but the benefit sounds like Eddie has had found a new best friend on the musical side, right? That's the plus side. Like what, what instruments and stuff did you, you said you found some vintage instruments through, through your uncle or.
2: So I'm going to, I'll just like preface this, but, and then I'll let Eddie take, take the reins here. But, um, Eddie is like a vintage recording equipment connoisseur and had a vintage studio in Brazil, um for almost almost 10 years yeah and um
1: and brazil's where you're from eddie
0: yeah originally yeah ah that's amazing (laughs) yes 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 (laughs) i mean i'm just old so everything (laughs) you learn when you are that old it's kind of vintage
2: He's That's not, not a- as vintage as the equipment he knew everything about.
1: That's fine. He can stay as fine as Dorian Gray. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Eddie, tell me about your your vintage adventures. Like, tell me what what are some things that you've grown fondly to, you know, attach musically to yourself with. Uh,
0: well, I started in music really, really soon. So I never had a chance to do anything else because I didn't want to do anything else. Uh, but comes that time when, especially in South America, where people still have that, you need to be an engineer or a doctor or an attorney to, to have a good life, you know. Um, so I went to learn electronic in college uh, because I wanted to know what, what happened inside music gear, Right. And I, I got my first internship in a studio, so I was learning about recording and producing and all that stuff, uh, besides audio engineering. And, and you, you just learned by living that every day, and then you learn the behind the scenes and the technical stuff, mm-hmm. so that, that, that's it. But things but things
2: have gone pretty digital <laughs> so so he's yeah he, i mean he he, on, holds, he holds a lot a lot of the market in um uh electronic repair and and knowing the intricacies of that world before things went digital so um my my uncle is loves vintage equipment he's as, also
1: old he's also old <laughs> and loves vintage equipment um so uh, we're talking about vintage equipment not vintage instruments right both i mean
0: both, yeah everything's like, old
1: like i just to maybe just in case of the audience has like you know an faq but not not like they we're not talking about loots right we're talking about like right <laughs> right <That's laughs> like a vhs
2: they, they, like vintage contemporary music, okay. <laughs> music. Let's, we're we're far from the classical world
1: over here okay. his backgrounds in in rock and does steve reich count as part of this whole conversation like <laughs> just because of like the crazy shit that happens in his music that is like really more what feels visually, not artistic in a way where it's musically artistic, but it feels like I'm looking at a visual painting that's supposed to make sound. So I don't know.
0: (laughs) Kind of, yeah. Uh, The the funny thing about vintage is anything, right, can be like a pair of jeans. Whatever is 20 years old, Mm -hmm. you can call it vintage. So we're talking about something from two thousands. It's vintage already, but we still have the mindset that we're talking about a, a guitar or an amp from the fifties or sixties. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh so we kind con- he's
1: calling us our vintage. computer
0: it's vintage
1: we're vintage yeah. we're oh, vintage are millennials vintage now millennials are officially vintage <laughs> Whoa, yes boomers can give us our houses now
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah yeah so uh, th- I, I believe in a time frame that there's stuff that is just old and it's not as good as the newer um technology Mm and some stuff it is really good maybe because it it, you know went through a lot of uh, maintenance and and fixing and repairing not because it was originally good and Mm -hmm. there's a lot of how you say fetish fetish fetish
1: I like how he says it though, Fatish. I know,
0: right? Uh, It's French Uh, because um, if you think about uh, 59 Gibson guitar, you know, guitar, like... Mm -hmm.
2: That instrument.
0: The 59 (laughs) is the the most valuable instruments uh, that particular year, right? Uh, but you need to remember that we praise that music and we praise those instruments, but they were brand new when that music was created,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? So we need to understand that whatever you hear from that super old guitar, the recordings were brand new and and the instruments were brand new. But mm-hmm. so I don't I don't have that fetish for for vintage. Uh, there's a higher chance that you will find better gear uh, because the the quality control or whatever you you think it Mm -hmm. works in that uh, situation. But uh, nowadays, it's really easy to find crap just because they are mass produced. Mm -hmm. So they don't last. Uh, When we talk about wood and other stuff uh you really need some time um to, to you know that the wood gets better and, lack and of resonates. climate change yeah yeah but i'm not crazy about vintage i i just grew up with stuff that sounded better and, mm-hmm. and that's that's a fact that's not an opinion
2: but his tra- okay. training is in like electrical what what electric electronic analog 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 okay analog so he he has the skill set to to fix that kind of stuff and alter that kind of stuff which is a rare skill here in the US where
1: we've gone completely digital oh yeah you say analog and i'm i don't even know where to start <laughs> to be honest um and like you said digital um the last time I even saw the word analog was on a playstation controller so (laughs) (laughs) like I if if, Eddie if you don't mind kind of going into what analog means or what it what is what it is and that what you do in that like if you can Uh, don't mind explaining
0: uh you you can compare with uh photography okay you used to have film and you need to do that thing in a lab to see the picture Mm -hmm. Uh, so if you have like a super old camera that is not digital camera you don't have megapixels right Mm -hmm. You, you have whatever light comes in goes out so analog is kind of the same thing you don't have um what we call sample rate or Nowadays, sixteen bits or twenty-four bits or thirty-two bits, mm-hmm. which is the amount of information from the real uh, audio or real sound that can be sampled and converted into digital. Okay. So, imagine um, a ladder, right? Mm-hmm. You have the little steps. So each bit of information, it's one little step or one little degree of information in that uh, conversion. So you don't have that in analog. It's endless information because it's just capturing whatever it's happening. It does change the way uh, a tape machine or uh, a tube amplifier listen uh to to the sound that is being uh generate Mm -hmm. in the source uh that's why it's called analog it's an analogy from the real sound but the result it's not the same it does change the sound the Mm -hmm. digital tries to sample the the source sound in the most accurate um how you say in the most accurate way to right. sample it, so in in the old days of digital, people used to hate computers and and, and digital uh, recorders because they used to be so precise that you would listen exactly to the sound the way you recorded, mm-hmm. and the engineers didn't like that because we were used to the tape who does change the sound uh and, and all of you know the signal chain from a microphone or a guitar mm-hmm. uh, until it gets to the um, whatever you're recording.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, there's a huge signal chain and it, the sound is not the same but in digital the sound is the same. Right. But right. we're not used to that so they were trying to find ways to change the sound uh, to simulate uh, the feel and the sound of the analog. And then we went to this world of plugins because the su- it's the same with Photoshop, right? You take a picture, it's not good enough. Then you need to <laughs> go filter. on Photoshop.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and in the old days, you will have the right film for the right kind of light and exposure. You need to learn a lot about mm-hmm. photography. And a lot about your camera before you take a picture, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's very little manipulation you can do after. And same with recording. So right now, it's kind of the same. There's a lot of people recording and producing music at home with no knowledge. But they can fix that. Because you have a chance to, once it's inside the computer, it's not audio anymore. It's data and data you can manipulate.
1: Ah, okay, now that I that I have now a better understanding of where you're coming from with that, because I was just like, I don't know, I thought that was just some old, and this is me saying this, not saying that this is what it is, but like this, like it was just an old method of how to deal with like audio and recording and all that. Um, now, do, is there an argument with the authenticity of, of sound based off of its analog or digital? Um, because you're saying like digital is kind of just like a copy of what you hear versus where this, we're,
2: this we're- hits very close. Yeah. <laughs> to home for Eddie. We actually, if we get started, be prepared for like four hours of lecture. Yeah. Hey, I, I'm pulling it out
1: of him. Okay. This that, is why
2: we're here. <laughs> it's a good way for,
1: for him to get get this off his chest yeah but no. yeah like I there is probably the the authenticity argument right because like if you think about like you know let's say things are relevant today Ma Rainey is coming back but if you listen to her old recordings you can't just like go in there and immediately fix it. And I'm sure it's just because of like the old setup back then, but also you can't do a bunch of like weird takes and try to cut and chip like what is possible today. Um, You actually have to take what was just recorded and hope that it's just the best version. And so going back to to today, like where I'm recording this podcast, right? But if something fucks up I can go back in there and chop it and then I can also put a, a, a like an equalizer filter or whatever on it and then just say okay sounds much better so <laughs>
2: Eddie, okay, what are in, your day, thoughts? in the day of analog what was recorded what was or re- what <laughs> was and then if you
1: needed to go back you had to redo mm-hmm.
0: yeah and that was fun
1: yeah <laughs> sorry if I get too like wordy like it it's normal for me so what's your take on it like do you do you get offended that's not as authentic with the more j- digital stuff versus the analog or like how
0: you use I'm learning like,
2: why don't you use mp3 and rec and vinyl oh, damn,
0: the uh, <laughs> yeah oh no I, I, go I, on
2: <laughs> the mp3 I I,
0: I ask you uh makeup right
1: mm-hmm.
0: what's the difference between a makeup and a tattoo
1: tattoos are permanent makeup i can want wipe, like wipe exactly off. yeah
0: so would you tattoo a makeup on your face
1: some people do some people do <laughs> i've been tempted about that winged eyeliner yeah wrong <laughs> that eyeliner <laughs> <laughs> it's not wrong but yeah okay pop as for society goes there is kind of a a it's weird a cap- It is kind of a taboo to tattoo stuff on your face. So, no, I would not probably tattoo my face.
0: But what if you can have a makeup that it's like a tattoo? It's like a permanent makeup. Mm
2: -hmm. So you don't
0: have to do it again.
2: What's your analogy?
0: The analogy is that the chances that you have to fix the sound in digital, Mm -hmm. it's not bad. It's not because people they don't have the talent to to do themselves. Some people they they don't, and 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 there's room for everybody, right? We're mm-hmm. not here to judge based on talent. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do miss the the time that you spend to get ready for recording. But I I do like the the. How comfortable it is to record right now? Mm-hmm. Because you, you have a chance to redo multiple times, which in in tape machines you can redo multiple times until the tape like disintegrates. So you know what I'm saying. Um, I'm getting used to this new technology uh, not because i'm old but because i came from a place that we are late on technology all the time so you have the same technology people have right here but the place where i grew up not so much Mm
2: -hmm.
0: so we were using especially before
2: the internet yeah
0: we were using old stuff Mm uh not because they were cool but because they were cheaper
1: Yeah, it was probably the most available thing
0: at that time, too. Yeah. And and it was easier to find them, and they will break, and we will fix it. And I I remember a studio with no computers. Mm -hmm. And the first time that I I came in the studio, and and there was, like, a monitor right there, and people were staring at that screen. I was (laughs) scared. Like, what's happening?
2: Mosquitoes.
0: Yeah. and And the process of making music. Because when you talk about music, what's your first um, sense that that is triggered by music?
1: Uh, it's your ears. Your
0: ears, not your eyes. Mm-hmm. So right now people are recording, looking at music, sound nice. waves and, and oh, you, you're a little bit off the grid. Like, can you <laughs> hear that? or you're seeing that. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're a little bit out of tune because you can see everything Mm -hmm. and you fix things by the way you see it, not by the way you listened. Mm -hmm. I never had, as a professional producer, I never had to redo a mixing session, a mastering session, because we will mix based on what we listen and what sounds right. And right now you can look at every single detail and zoom everything and fix everything and you're still not happy. And you have to remix three, four, five times to get the same, not the same result, but to be at least, you know. Yeah, and that's
1: actually something I've noticed too with those who are just getting into kind of digitally recording things is that there is this sense of perfectionism Mm -hmm. And at which, if you have too much perfectionism while creating the piece of art, it's not actually going to ever come out and you're never going to be able to improve on it. Um, You know, and I think that's something that we're kind of losing these days is that there's this misconception of having everything so polished when the polish doesn't necessarily need to be there, like, because it doesn't keep it authentic.
0: Um,
1: It's like adding, I don't know, maybe it's kind of like getting mom's home cooking versus like trying to see if you can get the fast food from a commercial, which looks perfect. Like mom's cooking is always gonna taste better. Meanwhile, when you're trying to get the polished fast food, it's not exactly gonna taste better, but it looks better. Um, and so like, I think that's, that's something that I think a lot of people like lose and it's okay to have kind of like the rough side of it. It gives it a little bit more emotion too. Um, you can't have jazz, right? Like jazz. That's like, here's a written solo. Here's you just reading note by note on the lead sheet. Doesn't make any sense. Like you have to add a little bit of seasoning to it, a lot of bit, a little bit of laying back, a lot of, a little bit of style. So then that way it actually is digestible. Um, but
2: I think- that's what being a musician is about. and yeah. I, I think that being a musician today is so much just being good at a computer and <laughs> it's a little it's un, it can be unfortunate for sure and 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 actually um, catfishing because we'll get we'll get hit up by people who whose work sounds it sounds good. you -hmm. you you get convinced by it and then you meet up with them and they can't play their instrument and oh that's so scary and it happens constantly so it's it's a it's a recipe for dysfunction
0: and it's it's hard to find a balance definitely perfect doesn't mean better right
1: right right
0: but but you need to have some at least basic foundation on what you want to do as a career mm-hmm. uh, before you start uh, working on a career, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's so many people that, because things, they get old so fast right now. So you need to be a Relevant. 12, 13 year old kid doing everything that people do. <laughs> To a lifetime to do and it it's possible right but from the pop side of music it, it's really sad you know it's really sad i think that there's a time for everything and and developing the 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 skill for your voice or your instrument mm-hmm. voice is an instrument uh before you you find your passion because there's so music it's something so like diverse mm-hmm. and and the same rule doesn't apply for everybody or for any kind of music, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can't be perfect uh, in classical, don't show up, right? right? But jazz is made of mistakes, right? It wouldn't sound the same if it's something so prepared. The talent has to be there. But the way to express things, you have to allow yourself to, to some mistakes. And making music nowadays, it's choosing the mistakes that you will allow people to hear, because right. you can fix them. Right? right.
2: And the greats made masterpieces out of their mistakes. Mm-hmm. They weren't. They weren't mistakes. They became. Com- something completely new so a brand new painting off of one wrong breaststroke and it's it's a it's a thinning art for sure
1: yeah learning from mistakes is definitely a thinning thing and um and it's something that should be talked about more um because there's always this like like I was saying this perfection ideology that like if you don't do something right, you're a loser. Or you know, what you get, what are you doing here? You're not good enough. Get out. You know, it's it's always like this, this, this. I want to say miscoached. May I'll just use say miscoached thing that that needs to be better guided. I believe it's um,
2: interesting. Sorry, no, please. <laughs> interesting because like coming from an academia background, it you think that that classical you you'd think that that perfectionism and and um striving to be just completely perfect is very specific to the classical world but it's because of because of digital manipulation it's it's penetrating into the mainstream right even.
1: right exactly i think i think it yeah classical for sure it's like you have to make sure you do your excerpts right you have to mm-hmm.
2: you, know, too.
1: you have to listen to your section not that sky knows much about it cuz she's noble player but no I'm just joking. <laughs> excuse me uh, but the the knowing how to blend and how to blend and um if you don't blend like you know you get ridiculed for it. it it's a lot um but yeah let's actually can we talk more about the actual album like what genre is it like how many songs is it can we is that okay
2: <laughs> genre is a is a weird topic for us we we're
0: it's a romantic heavy metal.
2: <laughs> bless your heart
0: with folk influence
2: it's it's hard because the the industry has developed like these categories and these genres that you're you have to you have to choose one mm-hmm. to identify and and um enter it the algorithm you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we're apparently identified as adult contemporary which seems like an umbrella term for Anything that doesn't fit in the very specified genres. So we'll, we'll identify as that. We have obviously Mm -hmm. classical jazz influence. We have rock influence. There's a lot of poetry in the album. Um, It's very lyric heavy. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a there's a variety of of simple orchestration between just him and I on uh, voice and guitar to um, full arrangement with drums, bass, keys, English horn, oboe, guitar, voice, you know everything. So mm-hmm. not uh, a lot
0: of guitar, just um,
1: <laughs> enough of guitar. <laughs> very little,
0: <laughs> uh, it's funny because uh, I think people need references to like things before they know. Uh, I don't know if it, that's clear. Oh no, that's uh, definitely
1: clear. Because yeah, if I if I am expecting, you know, if, if I, I
0: say, go sorry, on, if I say that our music is. um blues and you don't like blues but it's not really blues
1: there's Mm -hmm. new blues
0: it's something that you might like it so you don't like our music before you listen to our music because you don't like blues and we are bringing this label as a, a blues duo if we are a jazz duo or a folk duo so that makes people filter Uh, the way they will experience the music. Yeah, before, I I was avoiding to say that. Uh,
1: Would you say that by adding genre, it's kind of acting as like a trailer (laughs) for you guys before you distribute your music out to others? Um,
0: My mom would call this strange music (laughs) because she can't find any category that will fit into uh, but it's beautiful, but it's strange. So I, I would like for people to just listen with open ears. Uh, I mean, we, we, and, and if you think it's jazz, it's jazz for you. I, I won't be offended. If mm-hmm. you think it, it's rock with an acoustic guitar, I won't be offended. You know, just listen without like preconcept. And, right. Because we're writing in a moment, and and mm-hmm. songs they are already somewhere in the universe. We just capture that inspiration, and we write about what we're feeling in that moment. So it's hard to say we need to write a jazz song. We need to write a raggy song. No, we just write what we feel when we feel it. Yeah, and it, it's hard to put everything into one kind of music.
2: Right. I think we identify the album as as a project and just kind of... That's fair. Here, here is our project.
1: Listen.
0: <laughs> vintage music. Yeah, vintage
1: music. It's vintage music as, as recorded through analog. Vintage, <laughs> yeah.
0: vintage digital music. Yeah.
1: Uh, so, it's, like, I guess if it's how I, I haven't listen to you guys's album yet um because i mean yeah know, i know because there is a indiegogo which i actually do want to plug in the podcast that uh there is a campaign um so if you guys want to donate to it i uh, i think i forgot what the lowest tier was it was like 30 bucks or something like that 20 20 bucks but digital album like, basically, the higher you go, the more the more cool merch you guys will probably get if you do donate to uh, the campaign. Um, but I'm really excited for it because, you know, anything that, you know, Eddie, I'm just basing your credit off of Sky. But like anything that Sky's ever done, I'm just like, yeah, of course, I'm gonna support her. So <laughs> um, but, yeah, like I expect this to be very colorful, very, um, I feel like I will be placed in a journey. Um, if I do listen to this album, um, and you know, and I of course I'm going to listen to it with open ears. Like, I mean, I'm, I mean, we all know this, but like, I'm also musically trained too. So I'm not going to listen to it be like, ah, it's not rap. I don't want to hear it. You know, it's more, or it's not like jazz. No, I'm, I'm going to listen and take it in, take it in as what I, what I want, want it to go or what I want it to take me. You know what I mean? Right. Um, And I think it's always healthy to have that mindset when you're listening to other people's music. And I think that's also another thing that I think is lost with a lot of current day listening is that there's folks who wanna only listen to what's like top 40 because it's like easy and like something just to deal with and no one's really paying attention to the lyrics, right? It's just more so like, okay, makes me feel good for a second. Ariana Grande sounds great, whatever. Like JoJo Silva, whatever does just see what do music I don't know anyway but <laughs> my point is like no one's really intellectually like letting their ears just take the music and I think that's a lost uh mentality mm-hmm. um so and that's something that I always want to make sure I have that integrity with me whenever I'm listening to my friends projects
2: right and also like listening to an album from start to finish is a lost mm-hmm. art for sure which is very unfortunate mm-hmm. and we urge those who listen to listen mm-hmm. to our album from start to finish because it very much does tell a story and um we hope <laughs> we'll loop you back around um on that last track um and some of our some of our favorite artists they they don't they don't grip tightly to a single style or genre mm-hmm. they explore what is music as a whole and it's um those projects have become dear to our hearts and like I'm sure you can think of a hundred of those that are very mm-hmm. Um but I'm just gonna do a quick plug about this uh campaign do so, it do it do it <laughs> um When you look at, uh, one of the, one of the perks, they all include in album, the reasoning for, we are donating album proceeds to an organization called Extraordinary Families. They work to secure stability for foster for foster children, um, here in the LA area. They do work nationally, um, and they, they have a, a youth program that um, helps teenage foster youth into transitional transition into adulthood that don't necessarily have the permanency of um, of family or adoptive families, um, and they they serve as a backbone. They're just overall very. Um, socially active and Mm -hmm. massive advocates for LGBTQ Black Lives Matter they're just they're a really brilliant organization and we feel really honored to be partnering with them Um, so your album purchase is actually a donation to the organization
1: um oh that warms my heart
2: I and we're also we're also offering uh, tickets to a virtual concert. That all proceeds for that will go towards the organization that will be held this summer sometime. Um, and that's we're making the donation at the end of the campaign um, in my aunt's name um, because she was really involved with foster youth through her life and. So we feel like that's a beautiful way to honor her and put her stamp on the world and our work and um, continue to give back to our community and use our music and this project as, as a platform for change. Yes. And, and we, we hope everybody likes the music but we hope everybody likes the organization enough to contribute how
1: can, how can you not like an organization like that I actually saw a video the other day about how hard it is for foster youth to transition
0: mm-hmm.
1: from being 17 to 18 or being from in high school having like you know right. some sort of like but not. I won't even call it a backbone but some sort of like family and then once they get out it's like okay, now what? You know, it's like, right. I've, I've heard stories out there just like, you're on your own now. Right. It's
2: a, it's a pandemic because yeah. they, they've been through a lifetime of
1: trauma, whatever that may be.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: um, like, it's, it's also uncertainty too. Like, right. Like not only that you're with a foster program or like a foster mom or dad or parents or family that, Oftentimes those foster families don't last more than like a couple years or even five years.
2: Right. And teenagers typically end up in group homes rather than um, sp- uh, family specific homes. So they it's just if anybody who grew up with parents and a semi stable home life and mm-hmm. thinks back on when they were 18 going to college or not going to college and when they were 21 becoming an adult in the world and what kind of support and backbone their family provided for them, whether that was um, emotional support or financial support, a lot of these transitional youth don't have that opportunity and they are lacking in that and just kind of get thrown and tossed into the world. And, um, and this organization specifically really acknowledges that difficulty and mm-hmm. tries to counter that. And there's a whole mentorship program that um, helps define a long lasting personable connection with these kids.
1: I love that. That's it's that's so important. It, it's very very important for 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 those kids and to to stay to have those healthy relationships. Hoping you know that most of those relationships are very healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, that's great. I'm glad that my money dollars went to a very good cause. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and again, the whole credibility, be like, of course I'm going to give you money. <laughs> As a quick a uh, fun note uh, when Sky sent me that letter of like hey we're doing an album here's like a formal letter saying that we're doing this I just responded back to her lol bitch you should have just told me to give you money <laughs> <laughs> Guy, yeah, you were so polite about it. You're like, I know. I just this is just like the I forgot what you were said, but like it's like this email blast. was yeah. This is just the email blast. I'm like, I don't need this and shit. Like, Bitch, give me money. <laughs> I'm making an album. <laughs> no, and I was just picking fun. Anybody else would be like, yeah, sure, of course. But I'm like, nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give her a hard time. <laughs>
2: We really appreciate it. We appreciate you taking the time to interview us and talk about our project as
1: well. Yeah, of course. Um, be, as we're kind of getting close to the the closing notes, um, where can folks find you? And also, let everybody know where they can find your Indiegogo.
0: Sherman Oaks. Uh, Sherman
1: Oaks, California. <laughs>
0: Burbank Boulevard.
1: How can people find your social media? <laughs> So
2: we are we're kind of we are not huge on social media. We we not not that our profiles aren't huge, it's just we it, we have a, a lot of scoring to do and mm-hmm, other work. So <laughs> That's fair. Um, we are starting our Embracing Oceans Instagram and social media movement but we do operate off of uh, oh, our website which is embracingoceans.com um our instagram is at em-
0: oh we don't know
2: yeah see uh, <laughs> just just keyword search embracing, embracing oceans <laughs> embracing yeah keyword embracing oceans embracing uh, underscore oceans and um, on our website we have like a banner that is going straight across that you can click and it'll take you straight to the Indiegogo um, campaign. That's probably the easiest way to find it rather than like scrolling through the hundreds of album campaigns that are up on there. Mm -hmm. Um, We are at about 21% on that campaign, which is very exciting. We have 55 (laughs) days left. So 55, 55. Any contribution and sharing is much appreciated. And uh yeah, embracingoceans.com is definitely the best place to find us.
1: Perfect. Well, um, like they said, go ahead and check out embracingoceans.com. Uh, they're already 21% on the way there, which is a huge chunk. So An
2: album album comes out on the 20th, which is this upcoming Saturday, and digital downloads will be sent immediately on that day. Uh, CDs and other merch won't be distributed until after the campaign is closed on April 10th.
1: Perfect. Wow, that's so exciting. I'm so excited for you guys. Like seriously, I (laughs) am like like more albums. Like I'm so glad that like, you know, everybody's still up in their music. So this is very exciting for me. We're
2: Um, joking that our next album will be, our last album killed us. So here's another. (laughs)
1: album killed the radio star and yeah. the rock star <laughs> <laughs> all right well thanks again sky and eddie for joining on today's episode of don't cast and drive you can find don't cast and drive on spotify and apple pods uh in the same playlist as lady Blurred's as uh, please the Blues, since that is going to be the network that hosts this podcast um uh, if you would like to share or excuse me like to follow our sister page Lee Blair's podcast on instagram as well as uh emailing me any questions which is don't cast in drive at gmail.com you can find me there but other than that thanks again sky and eddie for joining Thank you so much for Thank you. Love yeah, i love you guys too and I, I hope you listeners have a great night yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.